You're listening to the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out Play Callers. New episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 16 of the Tiger's Den podcast. We're back after a little bit of a break, but we have a dandy of a show up for y'all. You know, we're going to be talking about, obviously, what everybody's talking about this time of year, the Super Bowl that's coming up next Sunday. We're also going to be discussing some more upsets in college basketball. I mean, they just... They just keep coming, especially after a weekend that was filled with top 10 matchups, including on Saturday and Sunday. All that and more today on the Tiger's Den podcast. But we're going to go and get started, as we always do, with the weekend rundown with your boy, Reese Kinder. Reese, go ahead and take it away. This is the weekend rundown. How's it going? Hope you all had a good weekend. Not as good as mine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He's 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 uh trying to you know get back from the Auburn women's basketball loss, but just um, like- yeah, I don't even care anymore. Um, so Friday, yeah, there was uh Friday there was actually an upset. Um, Butler beat Creighton. You know, Butler. I, I think Butler actually might. I don't know if they'll, they'll make tournament yet. I mean, we got to see because that Big East conference is like one of the. What happened? Oh, what? I feel like uh, with Butler, because I was talking to you actually before that game started, uh, I was saying that like Creighton is my like, you know, sneaky team to be like, you know, one of those that could possibly make the Final Four, but then they lost that game by one point. So, you know. Honestly, honestly this year, I don't know. The Final Four is going to be like, it's going to be weird. There's, it's just, I, I have a feeling there's going to be some weird. For sure. Weird. Yeah. I, I don't know if this might be the year for a 15 seed to make it all the way to the Final Four. <laughs> that would be um, crazy. Yeah, and then Saturday, I know there was a ton of upsets. Saturday, we had um, uh, Saturday we actually had Tennessee. I mean, I guess you could consider this an upset, Tennessee beating Kentucky, because it was at Kentucky, and Kentucky, you know, at home, usually performs pretty well. Yeah, 103 points for yeah. Tennessee. I mean, does Kentucky – does Kentucky even coach defense at this point? Like, I don't I don't know, because we actually kind of watched that game, me and you, Reese, at B-dubs afterwards, and uh, we we saw it, and we were like, Tennessee was in control the entire time. I mean, Kentucky couldn't stop them. Tennessee scored 57 in the second half alone. So, I mean, they I don't know. 96 up to Georgia and 94 to Florida. So. Exactly. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia, when they were – Georgia was down by like thirty, and then they ended up coming back and almost winning the game. And just a just a quick, you know, not even a hot take because it's not really my take. But I was watching uh, the Feinbaum show after the game, and uh, the next day, and there was a fan, uh, actually a couple of Kentucky fans that called in and were calling for Coach Calipari to be fired at the end of the season. So, I mean, what do y'all think of that? You know, do you think do you think that's possible? He's been there too long. They're not going to do that. I mean, do yeah, it. I don't think they'll do that. If they did yeah. that, they'd be like the stupidest basketball team ever. Yeah, well, if there was ever a time to do it, I mean, it seems like it'd be this year. You see all these coaches that have been coaching there forever leaving or getting, you know, getting fired. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick's the ones who got, you know, left from the team. And then 
uh, Nick Saban retiring. So, I mean, maybe this is the year that, you know, he finally throws it, throws in the towel. But I don't know. That's just something I saw. So. Yeah, and then I want to get y'all's opinion on the Iowa State and Baylor game. I saw the end of that, the buzzer beater that looked like to me it counted. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. You're right. Let me pull up the replay real quick because I know what you're talking about. Um, Supposedly they said the dude didn't get the shot off. Yeah. You're right. Oh, it's on an ad. Dang it. But, yeah, top of the key. I thought he got it off. They showed a slow-mo, and it's like his finger's kind of blurry. So, like, whenever he's pushing the ball off, and so it's, like, hard to tell. They called it no good on the floor. That's what was And and Baylor ended up upsetting them at Baylor. So, I mean, like – uh, that, that's kind of stupid. So let's see. I'm watching the watching the replay right now, where they zoom in on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Um, they catch it inside, pass back, and puts it up. Oh, I. It looks a little late, actually. Now that yeah, it does. And yeah, because it looks like whenever he cocked his his uh, arm back, you know, it looked like it was still in his hand, and it as it was touching. As the clock hit zero, so but bro, the Big Twelve has eight ranked teams, bro. Yeah, oh, and, Big Twelve is Kansas, Houston, Baylor, Iowa, and Texas Tech are all tied for first. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how Texas isn't ranked because Texas has had some good wins. Yeah, I mean Texas Tech. I mean they were the top of the Big Twelve entering this week, and they've lost two straight. Uh, got Cincinnati. upset by Cincinnati, you yeah. know. And I mean, yeah, Big Twelve. Big 12, I mean, you know, any of those teams could make it to the Final Four, but at the same time, none of them could. I mean, you just never know. I think right now uh, there's one team that stands out uh, to be, you know, the top team. and uh, But we'll talk about that in a later segment. Yeah, and, you know, like another upset, like another conference that's really close is the Mountain West Conference. I think we talked about that like two weeks ago. So did y'all – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But did, did y'all watch uh, Game Day – for Duke and North Carolina, and they one of the things that they brought up was like agree or disagree. Uh, the Mountain West will have uh, five. It will have more or the same amount of teams in the NCAA tournament as the ACC slash Pac-12. And all of the panelists said yes that they'll have the same or more. I mean, yeah, I, I honestly so. don't disagree. So I think so because you got Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State. Um, I really think there's only four locks for the ACC: North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, and NC State. To be honest, that, yeah, that's yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like you know, which is fitting for this year of college basketball for the Mountain West to have the same amount, if not more, teams go in than you know the ACC, which is arguably the most um, you know historic conference in basketball. So, well, see, like as of right now, uh, bracketology from from Friday. Shows that um, I'll just run it down with the conferences real quick. Like the conferences, it shows it says the Big Twelve would have nine out of the nine out of the twelve teams, or I think it's thirteen teams make it to the um, they they would make it to the tournament. The SEC would have eight. The Big East would have six. The Big Ten would have six. The Mountain West would have five. The Pac twelve three. ACC three, American three, and Atlantic ten too. Jeez. So yeah, yeah. so the Pac twelve and the ACC have the same amount of teams as the American Conference. That doesn't yeah. have Houston this year. That's that's wild. 
So. Yeah, no, the American Conference is like, I think it's FAU. FAU. Yeah, FAU, Men- Memphis, and then I don't know who um, the other one would be. but The other one I'm looking real quick, it's like, uh, I think it's, it might be USF. Yeah. It uh, might so be. From the American Conference? It's, yeah. um. Or it might be Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, FAU, and USF. Yeah, Charlotte? Memphis. Memphis is falling off the face of the earth. Oh my goodness! Charlotte so, is eight and one in their conference. That's yeah. Oh, what? Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're eight and one. They're fourteen and seven overall, though. They have the they have the fourth best record overall. Actually, no, fifth best record overall. But they're first in the conference. I don't know. All I'll say is, you know, this March Madness. No, probably Memphis instead of Charlotte. Yeah, but Memphis. I mean, they got to get their act together. They just keep losing. But anyway, Reese, continue. Yeah, and then also like the um, Big Twelve too had uh, they had Texas. Texas beat TCU. I mean that really was an upset. TCU. I don't even think should be in the AP poll anymore at this point. Like the AP poll this year might be just pointless because it's like everybody keeps losing. Yeah, I mean another one. You know, I'm sure you were about to go to it, but um, UCF beating Oklahoma as well. Yeah, you know? that one. That one we watched before the broadcast on uh, Saturday on Friday. or Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Saturday we watched it before the broadcast, and that <laughs> one, that one UCF was leading at halftime, and then we checked later on and saw that UCF ended up beating Oklahoma. And like you said, Max, you said UCF could be a sleeper team for the tournament if they get things worked out. I mean, for sure, because I mean, you look at their losses versus their wins. I mean, they beat in. They've now beaten Texas, Kansas, and Oklahoma. And they've lost to teams like – I mean, they have some bad losses, though. They've lost to Stetson, you know, which who are they? Uh, they lost to Kansas State, who's not doing nearly as good as they usually do. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's madness. It's madness this year. That's all I'll say. So. Yeah, and then now I'm going to get moving into MLB. MLB is coming back soon. Comes back this month. End of this month is the first game of spring training. Spring training this year will start in Seoul, South Korea, with hmm. the Dodgers and the Padres. Should be a fun one. And then, you know, some free agency news over the last week. Uh, you know, Orioles get ace Corbin Burns in a trade with the Brewers. Wait, Rings, uh, where did you see that it started in South Korea? Um, Look at That's ESPN. In- it starts in Peora, Arizona. There ain't no way. <laughs> There's no way. They literally show, they've literally been talking about it. Uh it it, it says Peora, Arizona. It so. does say Peora. I don't know which I know that because when I toured Arizona State they talked about people commentating spring training games, so Yeah, no, it must be uh They do it in like five about. different stadiums all around Phoenix. Oh, it's all in yeah, it's all in Arizona. They, yeah, it's a game. Well, there's some in Northport, Florida, too. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm just clicking through here. So The game I'm thinking about, I think, might be um, it might be around, like, a few days after opening day, because I know they do play the, Padre, or the Padres and Dodgers play. Do they te- ever televise spring training games, or not really? Yeah. On the I mean, they might, the they might on, like, quality sports. So. This, this one right here, the first one's on ESPN. You said yeah, Bali so Sports, Max? I mean, for some of the ones that aren't televised. You, mean you know, Bali Sports? Bali. Max, it's Bali Sports. 
Okay, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. Wait, is Bally anyway. Sports even a thing anymore? Yes. Didn't yeah. it get bought out? No. No, I know it is because they a lot saved of the, it. Hey, is Brandon Garden still our announcer, Reese? So. Yep. Let's go. I like him. Shout out yeah, Brandon, Brandon Godden if you're listening to the pod. Yeah, Brandon Godden is really good. He won He's an so award. better than Chip Carey, bro. I will stand by that. Chip Carey sucks, yeah. Anyways, uh, just quickly, uh, Reese, can you explain? I mean, because we were kind of talking about it before the podcast. I'm uh, mainly a MLB casual. You know, I don't really follow it as closely as y'all two do. Um, so basically, isn't spring training something like it's basically preseason? Yeah, it's just like it's just preseason to get the guys going back to the flow of baseball. Basically, just like you know, also a lot of it's games not, the starters don't play either. Yeah, it's just like it's mainly the res, it's mainly the people that are in Double A or Triple A that don't really they don't know if they're gonna make the team, and that that's how they like basically figure out if they're gonna be on the roster to start the season because they yeah. put a forty man roster in and like it's a few days before the season starts. Gotcha. All right. Thanks for clarifying. But no, also, Jock Peterson got added to a one year deal with the Diamondbacks uh, earlier let's last go. week. What? What? Oh. He said, let's go. Oh. I thought he said, oh. It like, kind of cut out. And no, then. Let's go. David Robertson, relief pitcher, used to pitch for the Mets. Uh, he is now pitching. He's going to pitch for the Rangers, the World Series champions. Chris so, to the Braves, too. Let's go. Yeah, and then, as we all know, Shohei Otani to the... Well, yeah. I mean... And then also, Reese Hoskins went to the Brewers, too. I'm kind of glad he's off the Phillies, so... Uh, Josh Hader, uh, went ha- since the last episode, we haven't talked about him going to the Astros, too. Yeah, there's still, there's still notable guys on the <laughs> list that have to be uh, signed soon, like Cody Bellinger and also... Um, I know the Braves were looking at somebody, some closer, like Ken Giles from the Astros. So there's still notable guys off uh, coming off the list, but that's going to do it for a weekend rundown. You know, not really much to talk about except the upsets in college basketball since uh, football is about to come to an end soon. Yeah, well, I mean, not a lot to talk about this weekend. Definitely going to be a lot more to talk about next weekend after, you know, the big game, you know, the Super Bowl. But uh, we're now going to move it to – the team Taylor's team huddle, which is not the 49ers. It's actually a team that nobody expected to be good this season. Taylor, take it away. Oh, God. Huddle up, because it's time for Taylor's team huddle. Yes, sir. You know, talk about, I mean, all three of us, we'll talk, we'll get into it later, but we all want the 49ers to win. The whole country wants the 49ers to win, but. I feel like they're not a team huddle since they are favored in that game. But I'm going to go into college basketball that we were just talking about with all the upsets and stuff. Thank the you. Gamecocks from South Carolina men's basketball, coached by Lamont Paris. So if you were look at, to look at the SEC standings for men's basketball with being a ca- college basketball casual, who would be your guest for the top teams? I mean, of course, Kentucky has got to be somewhere up there. How about Tennessee? or Texas A&M, after their great seasons last year, well, you would be completely wrong because at the top of the pack, we have Alabama, who's been on fire recently after starting the first 11 games 6-5. and five. They've only lost one out of their last 11, 
and are on a hot streak of four games straight. But they don't impress me enough. Look at all their games against top teams such as Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona, who they all lost to three in a row. Then they played at Tennessee, who hasn't been themselves this past season, and lost by 20. But you know who did beat Tennessee and Kentucky in the span of a week and a half, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yes, they lost to Bama by a bunch, but this team is so different right now. They sit second place in the SEC standings, led by Michi Johnson and B.J. Mack as their top two leading scorers. South Carolina is one of those teams that isn't going to have a 30-point player from a game or one key star that shines brighter than the rest. But this team plays together, and they do it beautifully. They have seven players who play well above 18 minutes a game, and they dish the rock all over the court with a leading scorer now, and a different leading scorer now in seven straight games. And with the schedule remaining for them, with Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Auburn yet to play, this team's limit is the stars, and there is no letting down. It's crazy how this team will not impress on a stat sheet or really in a final score breakdown, but the philosophy drawn up by Coach Paris and how bought into the program this team is, we could see a repeat of 2017 when the Gamecocks made the Final Four. That team, going into the tournament, was a 7th seed, and they made it all the way to the grand stage of the Final Four without a true star player ever succeeding out, outside of college after that year. Let's go Gamecocks and come back to this segment when they make some noise in March, what are y'all thoughts? So, um, you know, put some respect on South Carolina's name. Uh, I was trying to pull up the DJ Khaled God did uh, meme, but I wasn't able to fast enough. But uh, South Carolina is a team that, as an Auburn fan who still Auburn still has to play them, they haven't played them yet this year, I am extremely worried about. And this is a South Carolina team, I don't even think it would be too much of a hot take to say that not only will they win the SEC regular season, but they'll finish the season uh, undefeated or like with they'll win the rest of their games. Because you look at their toughest games, uh, they get Auburn on the road. I think that actually will be their toughest game because they get Tennessee at home, which they already beat Tennessee on the road. Uh, they they have to go to Ole Miss, which I mean, Ole Miss has been slacking recently. Uh, two Texas A&M might be a tough one. Uh, at Mississippi State, but all of those are winnable. Uh, this Gamecocks team, I mean, we've been talking about it through the week. Uh, I don't know how they're not in the in the AP poll yet. Uh, after they beat Kentucky, they should have been. But now that they've beaten Tennessee on the road, uh, they have to. They have to. There's no way. So watch out for South Carolina because, I mean, they are genuinely a team. They almost remind me of Texas A&M last year. Because A&M was a team that, yes, people were high on kind of going into the year, but they didn't – nobody expected them to, you know, go into the tournament uh, the way they did, you know, on their run towards the end of the season. Um, but I think South Carolina's better, honestly. I mean, this is a team that they're very well-rounded, like Taylor said. Uh, they don't have one guy that's just going to score all their points. They have three different people who uh, average double figures. Uh, Michi Johnson, you know, is going to be a star, I think, at the next level as well. Been able to have the pleasure of walk watching him some. Uh, he's a junior. BJ Mack, he actually played at Wofford last year. And I remember watching him in uh, the SOCON tournament, and he was really good. And he transferred and went to South Carolina. Um, 
yeah, watch out for the Gamecocks. I think any team that goes up against them in the future is going to have a tough time. I mean, this is a team that they can score from anywhere, really. I mean, true, really and truly, they can score from anywhere. T- Taylon Cooper, I would like to shout out him real quick. As a shooting guard, is averaging his field goal percentage is 51.9%. As a matter of fact, uh, their top five scorers all have a field goal percentage of 41 or more. So, I mean, they're very sound team you know there's not really one thing that they're really bad at they're very decent at basically everything and really good at some things uh but yeah this game team is really good and i like this pick by you taylor reese what do you think about them honestly i think i, I think the same thing like like you were saying but i mean honestly like you said uh how texan m was last year everybody was high on them at the start of the year i don't think anybody expected south carolina to be like this good like, yeah I, oh, I don't think anybody expected no it to happen i don't even, they were picked, I think, like twelfth in the SEC this year. Yeah. So I mean, like, honestly, um, South Carolina, like you said, I think I think it, it would be fun to watch them in the tournament. Um, this kind of reminds me of the South Carolina team that upset Duke, if, like in twenty sixteen, when mm-hmm. Duke was really good. Yeah, with like, uh, what was his name? Sindarius? Was it Treadwell or something like that? I, I think that was the Final Four team as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But, I mean, you know, then you also look. I will say the one thing that you have to be worried about with the Gamecocks is their team that's really – their success is based off of forcing turnovers and hitting a lot of shots. Like, they're not going to – they're not going to win a defensive battle most of the time. They're usually a very high-volume, high-scoring team. And when they're not able to hit shots, I mean, most teams – pretty much every team is not going to win when they're not able to hit shots. But what really pops off the page for me – is their game at Alabama. They got blown out 74-47. to 47. Um, Other than that, they haven't got blown out by any other team. Lost to Clemson at Clemson by five. Then lost at home to Georgia by five, which is kind of surprising. But, I mean, you know, this Gamecocks team, if they can keep, you know, just being consistent, you know, not going on any lulls throughout the rest of the season. I mean, their team, their team to watch for sure. All right, well, let's break the huddle and let's move on to the next segment, which is Max's main matchup. I think we all know what this one's going to be. <laughs> Get your popcorn ready. It's time for Max's main matchup. Yeah, Taylor, you went the more uh, unexpected route, you know, but I'm going to have to go with what everybody's thinking. It's the Super Bowl. It's the biggest sporting event of the year. Um, you know, I'm going to be watching. We're probably all going to be watching it together, having a good old time, hoping and praying that the 49ers can prevent us from having the Swifties uh, get a Super Bowl win, you know, and being able to brag about it for the next year. But um, let's just go ahead and break this down. So coming into this game, the Niners have actually been a favorite this entire time since the championship round, the uh, NFC and AFC championship round was over. But the 49ers, they started out as a minus four, uh, minus four favorite. They're not all the way down to a minus one and a half. So I think they can tell that you shouldn't bet against Mahomes. I mean, that's a general. I think that's a general rule nowadays. I mean, because he's just so good in clutch moments. I mean, I hate to say it, but um, also according to ESPN Analytics, the 49ers are a 59.4% chance to win in this game. Now, some things to look out for is uh, Omenahu, who is, uh, I think he's like a linebacker or something. I saw this like a couple days ago. 
I remember watching him in the Ravens game, and he was doing really good against him. Uh, yeah, Charles Domenehu, their right defensive end, uh, he is out with a torn ACL. Man, that is big because he has been one of their leaders up front along with Chris Jones. Seven sacks on the year, uh, two forced fumbles. So that's big. Mike Dana will be his replacement in this game, which Mike Dana, I mean, he's had a good bit of reps this year, six and a half sacks. So, I mean, not too much of a loss. Also, Jarek McKinnon is not playing, but, I mean, he's basically a third-string running back at this point. So that's not going to be something they need to worry about. Joe Thune. Joe Thune is a guy I would like to talk about real quick. They're starting right guard. He's played really well this year. I mean, the offensive line for the Chiefs, I think, uh, has been playing, you know, good whenever I've watched him. But he is estimated to be a non-participant in the 49ers game, which yeah, will they've be been playing. They've been playing good enough to hold the hold the defensive line, <laughs> holding every freaking call. I was about, I I felt it was coming, but um, yeah. So the uh, what's it called? Derek Nottie is also still going to be out. Uh, their defensive tackle. So I mean, there's some uh injury problems for the Chiefs coming to this game. Whereas for the Niners. There's absolutely nobody injured. They're at full strength. Um, CMC, Brock Purdy, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, all of them will be playing. George Kittle. And then on that defensive side, you got Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw. You got Fred Warner. You got Charvarius Ward. I mean, there's just so many people on this 49ers team. I actually saw something the other day when me and Reese were actually at the women's basketball game. I saw Cam Newton said that uh, – Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on the 49ers team. And at first I thought he was just hating. But then I looked at the 49ers lineup and I looked at some of the comments and I was like, he might actually be ranking them a bit bit too high on this uh, 49ers team. Because you look at who they have. I mean, this is, first off, one of the most stacked offenses uh, we've possibly ever seen in the last decade. I mean, you look at Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, three of the top players at their entire position. And then you got George Kittle, top tight end. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who's obviously the top fullback, um, is probably better than a lot of starting running backs, if we're we're being honest. You got Trent Williams, who, I mean, he can block basically a freight train at this point. Then you also, on the defensive side, you got Javon Hargrave. You got Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Traverius Ward. uh, And then you also got Chase Young in that addition with that trade. So, I mean... We're going to we're gonna see, though. I mean, because this 49ers team, they have looked suspect at times. I mean, you look back at that Packers game, I think they revealed a lot about the 49ers. If you're able to, you know, jump on them early and be able to stay with them until the fourth quarter. Um, but we'll just have to see. I mean, recent, recently the Chiefs are obviously playing better, but the 49ers, I feel like, have had an overall better season. Who will win it? I don't know. I'm not going to say my prediction yet. Uh, obviously, y'all can assume who I and Reese and Taylor are going to pick to win this game, but we'll see. Um, honestly, if you're a better out there, I would not bet on this game because, A, don't bet against the Chiefs, but, B, uh, you don't bet for the Chiefs in this game unless you're you know, a weirdo and you just like don't like life or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I'm not betting on this game uh, by any means necessary, but go Niners, bang, bang, 49er gang. What do y'all have to say about the Super Bowl? Uh, honestly, NFL scripted. Like, I mean, it's just. It's just oh go God! Down. I have an announcement. What? 
Taylor Swift just announced a new album coming out in April. There's no way. I swear. Oh my god. Well, I mean, hey, that means the, you might be NFL, with Travis Kelsey soon. So. The NFL scripted. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Blah blah blah. I don't care. I mean, he he gets by with about everything in the league. So I mean, at this point, this this is why nobody likes likes watching the NFL. So I'm not. This is why I'm not watching the Super Bowl. It's not going to be Usher coming out for a Super Bowl halftime show. It's going to be Taylor <laughs> Swift. Uh, and you know what? You know it's one of the craziest things because Reese, you're the one who pointed this out to me. Uh, if you go on FanDuel right now, there is a minus two fifty bet in favor of uh, Travis Kelsey proposing to Taylor Swift after the game. Like you can bet on that right now. Um, you know, plus two fifty for them not to, so it's favored that they will. Um, but I've been talking to people, you know, throughout this week, just asking, you know, asking the people, uh, the general, you know, crowd uh, at our school, you know, who they think is going to win the Super Bowl because it's like a worldwide event or whatever. And all of the people I asked, they're like, yeah, I want the Niners to win, but, you know, NFL scripted exactly what you said, Reese. I mean, they think that Taylor Swift, refs, everything is on the Chiefs' side, but – We'll just see. Yeah, well, no, like, also, there's a the one ref that refs the game. Um, I actually saw something on Instagram um, the other day that when he refs the Chiefs games, the home team, which is the 49ers in the Super Bowl, um, the home team has a 40.9% chance of winning. And when he is not refing and there's another ref, um, it is actually the home team has a 50 uh, fifty. 1.2% chance to win. Yeah, so. I will say also... Um, Reffing the game. for The the way that they made the TV schedule, all of the... The past three Chiefs games have all been on CBS. And we hear yeah. Tony Romo drooling over Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and we're going to have the same ref that has refed two Chiefs games in a row... That's kind of suspicious. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I will say this Super Bowl feels so weird because I feel like it's been less a- advertised on everything. Like, you don't see oh, a yeah. lot of hype for it. I mean, Usher is out of his prime doing the halftime show. Yeah. It's kind of just like a mid-Super Bowl. And I I have a hot take that this might be one of the lowest-watched Super Bowls of all time because people are just fed up with the NFL. I've seen that a lot, too, because as soon as uh the... Uh, the 49ers beat the Lions. Everybody on Instagram was commenting like, this is the worst scenario that everybody wanted. Because it felt like everybody wanted the Ravens-Lions. Yeah, no, yeah, honestly, honestly, honestly. I mean, if it was Lions-Chiefs, people would watch it. It's just, since it's the two most hated teams in the league. Exactly. I don't, so. they, they made a sports map that showed that, like, it showed that everybody in America besides people in California, Oregon, and um, Nevada would have the 49ers win or like people in Kansas City and Missouri would have or people in Kansas and Missouri would have um the Chiefs win. Everybody else said that they would rather have both of the teams tie. They don't want they don't <laughs> want anybody to win. And then, you know, speaking of Max, speaking of asking people like Super Bowl who they think's gonna win, I asked uh head football coach Coach Etheridge in PE because I have him for PE and I asked him and he says he wants the 49ers to win because he said he's kind of tired of the Taylor Swift stuff. He said that it's getting on his nerves. So, like, 
honestly, he said that it's just, uh, you know, he said that football's not even fun to watch anymore with her being a, uh, with her being in the, in the stand. You know, you know, just when I thought I couldn't like Coach E anymore, I, I just love him now. I mean, you know, already the best high school coach in Alabama, but now definitely in the nation. Maybe, Shout out Coach E. Maybe on Taylor Swift's flight back, maybe the Israeli, uh, the Israeli. Uh, okay, no more <laughs> airstrike <laughs> thing would just, uh, you know, accidentally hit her plane, and then she'll uh, have our, to our fellows on plane nineteen eighty nine. That's some yeah, that 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 I also saw. That is insane. But anyways, uh, you know, this was once again the most obvious main matchup pick. Um, you know, to pick. Uh, but we're gonna save who we actually think is going to win uh, for prize picks. But now we're going to get into a top 10 segment that, I mean, we're going to be doing the same one we usually do, but Until I mean, MLB there's going to be some, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be some different teams. So uh, Reese, go ahead and intro the segment. Who's first, who's last and who's in between. This is top 10. Well, this week's top ten, like like you said, Max, we're gonna be doing this one for a while until like either ba- until baseball comes back. So, um, you know, we're gonna be doing college basketball, and I'm gonna get it started. You know, a lot of things have been shaken up this week. Expect well, actually, every week it shakes up because I feel like our top tens are just like moving every week. It's just like nobody's ever stayed the same except yeah. you know UConn, North Carolina, and Purdue, obviously. But like, you know, and one. Can I say one quick three, one quick thing? Yeah. Um. You know, we also, if y'all, if any of y'all, you know, fans out there, if y'all be on Instagram, uh, we actually just started our own official Tigers Den Instagram. It's at the Tigers Den underscore official, or not underscore, just the Tigers Den official, all lowercase, um, no, no caps, no spaces, uh, no explanation points, but uh. And, there, and this is going to be one of the main things that we will post on there is our top tens throughout each week. And so, yeah, be sure to go follow us on there. And uh, if you want to see a cool graphic showing each of our top tens next to each other and how we do, uh, be sure to go follow us on there. But just had to say that real quick. Now, Reese, back to you. But I needed a quick Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, no, I'm going to get started with my top ten. And, you know, at number ten, I got Marquette. You know, Marquette, Marquette's kind of coming back. You know, they they struggled, they struggled at the start of conference play, but they're kind of making their way back slowly. So yeah, I got Marquette at ten, and you know, ten low. But anyways, mm-hmm. keep going. Um, me, me, me. At number nine, uh, this will probably surprise y'all. It's probably think y'all probably think I'm biased, but you know, Duke at number nine, even though they lost to North Carolina, but like you said, Max, that is a tough environment to play in. So. I got Duke at number nine, and then number eight is Wisconsin. And the reason Wisconsin's at number eight is because, you know, you play a Nebraska team who, I mean, they're mid. They're mid. They did lose today to Illinois. They they probably have one of the best home win percentages in college basketball besides Auburn and Duke, obviously. But, you know, Wisconsin did also lose to Purdue today. But I do have hope that this team will – you know, make it far in the tournament. So that's why they're in my number eight. <clears throat> my number seven is Iowa State. Even though they lost to Baylor, I don't think oh, they, I don't think they geez. did. I don't think they Ours did. are gonna be much different. I'll just go ahead and say that. What's so. yours gonna be fairly Dickinson? 
No, Grand Canyon at number one. Oh, Keep that's going. nice. I love that team. Oh, me, Grand Canyon. <laughs> All right, yeah, Iowa State, because, you know, I honestly, if they were, if there's anybody to win the Big 12, they could surprise everybody and win the Big 12 because, I, you know, they've had some quality wins this season in the Big 12. So I, I got them. I, I'm, I have them possibly winning the Big 12. And then my number six is Houston. What? What? What was that? It's just some reverberation. Keep going. Houston uh, at number six. Yes. Okay. Even though, even though they lost to Kansas, I mean, they kind of made it close at the end. You know, like they've, they've, even though, even though that loss to Kansas, I mean, it was at Kansas too. And if they were playing at Houston, I guarantee Kansas would have lost. Like Kansas has the worst road. Like they had the worst conference road percentage I think ever. Like as a that's like uh, their worst in school history I think so far. And then you know I have to put Kansas above them because Kansas beat them. So Kansas is at five. Really don't even wait. Who's at six? Houston. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Okay, okay, okay. And then Kansas at five. Yes. And All then right. Tennessee I think was like sixth. I think Tennessee was sixth two weeks ago when we did it. So. I moved them up to fourth after the win against Kentucky. You know, big win for Tennessee. And, you know, they keep, they keep uh, you know, possibly um, getting my pick right for possibly winning the SEC. I said mm-hmm. they were the dark horse for the SEC, so. Not really a dark horse for you. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say, but, um, you know. Um, number three, Purdue. I mean, they they don't really struggle at home. I do think that Northwestern game was a little, uh, you know, suspect, suspicious. That was a little, uh, little odd. Forty-eight free throws to eight free throws is a little insane. Pipe down, bro. But like, um, yeah, Purdue. You know, they've had an incredible season. They probably will end up being the number one overall seed when it co- when it's all said and done. And yeah, Purdue at three. And you know, number two. I don't even like saying this team's name, but. You know, North Carolina at number two. They uh, they just beat Duke. Yeah, you know, I was lucky. Um, but yeah, North Carolina, very good team. I think I think this this might be the year they could win it all. Never know. But um, yeah, North Carolina at two, and then you know, obvious number one is UConn. They've just been dominating everybody in the Big East so far, and you know. UConn. UConn could win it all again. We'll we'll see. Alright, well, now I'm going to get into mine. Going to be much different than Reese's. I mean, basically all of my my teams are different except for the number one. So, we'll go and get started. Number ten, I got Illinois. Um, Illinois, you know, they've won uh, three straight. You know, their last loss was at Northwestern, which, I mean, we've seen. They're a really good team. Uh, We're able to survive Nebraska today. I'm not going to lie, I was scared that they were going to lose today because that would have had me keep them out of the top 10. But, I mean, this is an Illinois team that, you know, their losses, I mean, they lost to Purdue by five at Purdue, so they kept it close. They also beat Northwestern by 30 earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I know they just lost to them, but, I mean, they only beat they beat them by 30, you know, the first time they played them. Uh, and then they also beat FAU, which is a team that's been kind of up and down this year, but still a pretty good win. They beat them by nine. And then, you know, three of their losses are to teams that I'm assuming are going to be in all of our top tens, Marquette, Tennessee, and Purdue. 
So, I mean, watch out for this Illinois team led by none other than uh, – let me try and get this guy's name right – Marcus Domask. Uh, yeah, Marcus <laughs> Domask as well as Terrence Shannon Jr., who is back by uh, – after, you know, that thing that went down. But, I mean, he's back. He's not guilty. And so that's good for him. And, yeah, good for Illinois. So Illinois at 10. Uh, number nine, I'm going to go Arizona. You know, Arizona, I was originally not going to include them in the top 10 because they were down by Stanford by 11 at halftime. But they came back and they won by 11, uh, which is what good teams do. You know, they're not playing their get best game in the first half. You find a way to scratch and claw your way to get the victory in the second half. So give me the Wildcats. Um, I am kind of scared for their style of play because I was watching that game, and it seems like however well Caleb Love is doing, that's how well the team's going to do. And Caleb Love, I think, you know, there's certain games where his shot is just off and he just can't make a shot. I mean, but other times, you know, he's able to uh, load up the stat sheet. So give me Arizona at nine, but they're another team that I'm kind of worried about. Then number eight, I got Duke. Um, you know, Duke lost to North Carolina, uh, the game that, you know, was very heavily hyped for good reason, you know, the best college basketball rivalry, um, you know, Duke and UNC. Um, went into a ruckus, UNC crowd, and honestly, they stayed within the game. But oh, then again, college, and they, behind. but any, anyways, um, yeah, they went to a ruckus crowd and they stayed in the game the entire time, but weren't able to get the win. This Duke team, I mean, I'm just, I just don't know because there's certain times. I mean, they lost to Pitt, you know, at home. So also this lost is a team, to like uh, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, somebody bad, you know. So, but this Duke team, there's no questioning this team's talent. I mean, Kyle Filipowski, he's going to be a lottery pick in this upcoming draft for sure. Uh, Tyrese Proctor also really good. Jared McCain, you know, paints his nails, but hey, he can play ball. Um, Give me Duke at eight. Number seven, I got Houston. You know, coming off that loss to Kansas at Kansas, I didn't think they had a chance going into that game. And the reason is, I really just don't trust their personnel. I mean, there's certain times, like in that Kansas game, they just they never seemed to be able to. Anytime they would score, Kansas had an answer. You know, they never seemed like they were in it from the jump. And then you see them lose to TCU and Iowa State. Yeah, those are close games, but it just seemed like the other team was the better team. And so this Houston team, we'll see how good they are, you know, in the coming weeks. You know, they got a road test against Cincinnati, who seems like they could beat anybody or lose to anybody any given night. But give me Houston at seven, but I don't know. Number six, I got Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee with that big win against Kentucky, you know, going into Rupp Arena and beating the Wildcats. As you can see, the Wildcats are probably going to be in none of our top ten, and for good reason. They just don't have defense. But Tennessee taking advantage of that and getting the win. Um, they got a pretty easy schedule coming up, and they could possibly, you know, they could possibly win. Uh, they could possibly win like six or seven straight going into that game against Auburn at home. So give me Tennessee at six. Number five, I got North Carolina, uh, UNC. You know, Reese had them all the way up at two. North Carolina, I just don't know because. You know, let's not forget they lost to D Georgia Tech, you know, right before they played Duke. So, I mean, oh, this, North, this this North Carolina team is one that, you know, there are another just – there's no teams besides, I'd say, UConn 
that I can just trust any given night. You know, I feel like North Carolina is a team that, you know, they got Clemson at home on Tuesday. That's not a, you know, just 100%, oh, they're going to win, especially not this season. But they got a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. I mean, their next hardest game is going to be at Duke, and that's the final game of the year. So that should be a good one. But give me North Carolina at five. Number four, uh, Reese had him all the way down at 10. I got him at four. Marquette, give me the Golden Eagles. Uh, they have just been a team that they have just stayed steady. I know they haven't played any big-time opponents, but in a Big East that has been just wild and known for upsets this year, I mean, they've just kept it cruising. You know, they have won six straight, and not a lot of them have been close. I mean, their closest one was a, a one-point win against St. John's, but all the other ones were basically double-digit wins. So, and they got, I mean, they got a tough road test against Butler uh, upcoming this upcoming Saturday. And then they go to UConn. I'm telling y'all, February 17th, uh, UConn, Marquette at UConn, that's going to be a huge game. That's going to be one of the best games of the year. Uh, that'll probably decide the Big East. But give me Marquette at number four. Tyler Kolick, I hope he wins uh, player of the year. Number three, I got Kansas. I was kind of surprised that uh, Reese had him as low as five. You know, I'm going to have him at number three. They Oops. really impressed me against Houston. I mean, this is a team that, you know – they lost that Houston game. I they might be out of my top ten. I'm not gonna lie. So I mean, this Kansas team though, they're one of the teams that they can blow you out by forty, but they can just lose to West Virginia the next day. Hey, I mean, what kind of meat rides them? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, and I mean, they stayed at number eight. I was honestly surprised <laughs> after that Iowa State loss that they stayed at number eight, but they proved them wrong. They won two straight, blew out Oklahoma State by basically forty, and then also beat Houston in a game that they led since the tip. So, But they got a tough schedule coming up. I mean, they're going to have to continue proving it after, you know, the road test against Kansas State tomorrow night. Uh, they go at home against Baylor, which is college game day and is one of our pick'em games. And then they go to Texas Tech, to Oklahoma, and then at home against Texas. So, I mean, this Kansas team, I mean, I think they're legit. They, got, they still have a little bit to prove. Now, these top two teams, I thought they were obvious, uh, but – Apparently, Reese doesn't see it that way. Put North Carolina at two instead of the Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, Zach Eady is the best player in college basketball. I mean, we all know this. I mean, you know, you're, he's seven eight, uh, you know, 300 pounds. I mean, this guy is just a monster. And I would, I would hate to play against him, you know, for anybody, you know. But I think the biggest improvement for Purdue this year, the best thing, Aiden Smith. Braden Smith has really come into his own as a true point guard. Uh, number four in the country in assists per game with seven and a half. And this Purdue team, they beat a really good Wisconsin team at Wisconsin's home home court. So I think Purdue, they got a pretty, yeah, they got a relatively easy schedule until their last two games, which are at Illinois and at home against Wisconsin. But I feel like Purdue is a lot to win the Big Ten, 100%. And then number one, I mean, we know, it should be all of our number ones, I would think, is UConn. The UConn Huskies, I mean, they have just been consistent. You know, ever since that upset loss to Seton Hall, they have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, ten games in a row. Uh, they got a tough one at home against Butler, who's a team that's been knocking off teams recently. But I think this UConn team is legit. I think they'll be the number one overall seed going to the NCAA tourney. And I'm not going to lie, they might be my favorite to win it all this year. Uh, yeah, so that's my top 10. Taylor, who you got? All right, so I brought the 
Spot out, let me cook. Number 10, I got someone that y'all didn't say that I think deserves the respect. At 20-3, and three, the Indiana State Sycamores, Robbie Avila finished with 20 points oh, and 11 There's rebounds. There's no way you did in that. In Saturday's win over Drake, Indiana State has impressed me all season. At 20-3, and three, have one of the best records in college basketball. But at number nine, you know who has a better record is the Grand Canyon Lowe. They deserve the respect. West. Number one in the Western Athletic Conference. Buddy. What Just about Rodway UVU, Utah Valley. They barely lost to South Carolina earlier in the season, led by Tyon Grant Foster. Give me them at number nine. Number eight, I got the Dayton Flyers. Oh, God. Deron Holmes finished with 34 points and seven rebounds against St. Bonaventure. They've impressed all season, got in an 18-3 and three record, so give me them at number 8. Number 7. Number 7, I got South Carolina. My team huddle, I believe they jump up all the way up there. Colin Murray, Murray Boyles, excuse me, had 16 points in that win over Georgia, 19-3. and three. They deserve to be up there. Number 6, I got Tennessee. Just Wait, knocked off. number 7? I'm sorry. South Carolina. South Carolina. Uh, but he's the Number six is Tennessee. Zakai Sigler played amazing against Kentucky. They've been pressing all season. 16-5 and five now. And then number five, I got Kansas. Um, you know, Kansas. Hunter Dickinson is really good. Um, yeah, they're good. They just beat. They just blew out Houston. So give me them at number six. Or number five, excuse me. Number four, I got North Carolina. Armando Baycott had a huge game against Duke, beat their biggest rivals. But like Max said, that Clemson game is no light matchup. 18-4, and four, give me them. Um, number three, shoot, I messed up. Number three, I got Marquette because I, didn't, I forgot to say them before, so I'm going to put them at three. Um, Cam Jones has played amazing all season. Uh, they just beat Georgetown 17-5 and five on the year. Then... Number two, I'm going to put UConn at number two. Uh, UConn's been amazing all season. They have shooters all over the court. Going to defend their national title at the end of it. But they do play Baylor on Tuesday. So watch out for that sneaky matchup. And then at number one, give me Zach Eady and the boys. Beating Wisconsin earlier today. They played amazing. The guard play was insane. And in that environment at Wisconsin... They rallied, and they won. So, number one, give me Purdue. That's my top ten, the greatest top ten on this segment. All, all I have to say is Indiana State over Duke is is, is kind of wild. But, anyways, now let's move on to uh, Taylor's trash can. Uh, a, you know, a trash can that I think we all expect. Uh, you know, Taylor, go and take it away. Straight from the garbage disposal, this is Taylor's trash can. The entire idea and execution of the Pro Bowl 2024. So, we had our top NFL players voted on by the fans and the community. It's a fun process to vote your favorite team's players into the game and to this quote-unquote prestigious game that these guys play in. And when you do that, you want to see them go play football, right? I want big hits, high-flying plays on a 100-yard field with the best players showcasing their true talents full pads and full helmets representing their team. So what do we get instead? Skill games on Thursday consisting of dodgeball and a mini golf game. And then how about Sunday? You know, it must be awesome. 
huge, hugely advertised event, right? Wrong. It was a Madden head-to-head, move the chains, and a seven-on-seven flag football game played on a 50-yard field. I will admit having Eli Manning and DeMarcus Ware coach the NFC was a cool idea with the AFC being Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis. But, man, this thing was so boring to watch. Even I, who was studying for a quiz, got bored from looking at it for five minutes. What the heck is the NFL doing? We don't want to have sideline reporters and these commentators in the booth talking one time every five minutes during the game because they have no idea what's happened to the sport. We don't want one man blitzing the quarterback so that the quarterback just dots up the defense every single play. And for y'all who care, the final score ended up being into the NFC's favor, 64-59 to after Jalen Johnson deflected that pass, if any of y'all cared. But just the idea of watching the highlight videos of Sean Taylor clobbering that punter on the fake punt or watching some of the best defensive backs go up against physical matchups against the best receivers, such as Jalen Ramsey versus OBJ that we've seen great matchups all around, has turned into a flag football competition. It is awful. The Pro Bowl is officially ruined for the NFL, and no one even cares to vote anymore because of these implications, giving us snubs every single year and people that don't deserve it at all to make it, such as Buda Baker this year. And the, the fact that ticket prices are $200 to go to this flag football game, it's a joke. What a joke by the NFL. What are y'all's opinions on, on this garbage? So I'll go ahead and let you know, uh, neither me or Reese watched the Pro Bowl this year. That gives you any uh, implications on, you know, where we're going to stand. I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, it's football at the end of the day, you know, not flag football. You know, shout out, you know, Auburn High flag football team. Y'all are great. But, you know, right. NFL, uh, you know, yeah, no, we want to see guys hitting each other. That's why we love the sport. We want to see guys, you know, going up one-on-one matchups. Like you said, OBJ, Jalen Ramsey, all those great matchups in the past. I mean, you know, this year you would have had some great ones. You know, possibly like, you know, Justin Jefferson versus, I don't know, Sauce Garden or something like that. But, like I said, I didn't even watch it. So, I honestly had no clue until you mentioned it earlier as being your trash can in the group chat. So, um, yeah. I mean, but let's be honest. I'll... I'm going to try and, you know, as much as I don't agree with the side of, oh, this is better, you know, this is great for, you know, NFL and stuff, I totally don't agree with that side. But to try and play a little bit on the other hand, um, what was the Pro Bowl before they changed it to this? I mean, it was people in pads not even willing to hit each other. So, I mean, like for the last couple of years, I think it really shifted uh, around 2018, 2019. Um, you know, when they started adding uh, more stuff like in concussion protocols and stuff. And uh, honestly, you can't really blame the players uh, for not wanting to hit each other in those games because some of those players would have the Super Bowl, you know, coming up in the next week and no, they didn't want to get replaced. injured. What'd you say? The people that play in the Super Bowl get replaced. Oh. Yeah, they, don't, they don't play. They don't play. That's why Patrick what? Mahomes didn't end up going. Well, then, yeah. So I if, really, if, I, I really, if he did, I wish Ray Lewis came out of retirement and hit him. Yeah, I, I, then I really don't know what to say to try and defend this being a better option. I mean, the only other thing I could think of is players not trying to, you know, if they have a big contract coming up in the offseason or something, try not to get injured, like tear ACL or something. But at the end of the day, it's football, 
Injuries are part of the game. Let's see, you know, these freaks of nature, the best of the best, go up against each other head-to-head. That's what the fans want. And to make it $200 to go to this, you know, uh, flag football game, I mean, let's just call it what it is. This flag football game is outrageous. I mean, I don't. I don't know anybody personally that would go if some if it was one hundred dollars one one fifty you know so yeah I don't care about this game anymore let's just go ahead and let it be Super Bowl weekend already please yeah you know like um, honestly the only real um, you know like obviously you have the NBA All Star game the NHL All Star game MLB All Star game you know the Pro Bowl honestly like the MLB All Star game is better than the Pro Bowl like. They actually, in the MLB All-Star game, they actually try. In the Pro Bowl, like, at this point, they don't even try anymore. It's like, the last time, the last time they hit each other was, I would say, Cam Newton's rookie year. That, like, Cam Newton got absolutely blown out. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, he, that's when they stopped hitting each other, and... I think that's when they didn't care about injuries, but then I think they were like, "Oh yeah, we need to start caring more about injuries." And then at this point, they just don't even like want to want to play the Pro Bowl anymore. It's just like let's do flag football. And like you said, Max, I think two hundred dollars to go to a Pro Bowl game for flag football is a little outrageous. It's like just just make it free at this point. Yeah, exactly. You pay me two hundred dollars, and maybe I'll consider it. So, yeah. but well, we're gonna throw them away and move on. Change this back to the original Pro Bowl that we used to have. Please, NFL. This is a joke. The whole NFL is a joke right now. But we're going to move on to the segments, the records. You all know it. You all love it. It's Prize Picks, hosted by your boy, Mesman. Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. It's time for Max's Prize Picks. Like Taylor said, we're going to go ahead and get started with everybody's favorite segment, prize picks and we actually got a special a very special guest picker uh a guy that actually really i can say got me into this uh profession what i want to do which is you know sports media a guy that uh currently you know works with sec network as a sophomore at the university of auburn uh ladies and gentlemen it's patrick bingham hey hey everybody welcome to the show how's your uh sunday been i know it's kind of late uh but yeah, how's your Sunday been? How you been? Um, very wet, very cold, but it's been a good day. Uh, nothing too exciting today, you know. The the week in between uh, the championship games and Super Bowl Sunday is always very boring. But um, yeah, we were just talking about that with the Pro Bowl, how bad it was. So yeah, yeah. not as exciting as it used to be. Yeah, but um, Patrick, you actually. Uh, or at least the last time I, me and you uh, spoke, you had a pa- podcast called uh, The Patrick Party. Is that is that still going on? Um, yeah, I just kind of wrapped it up for football season. Ha- I'll have some new things um, that I'll be a part of, um, you know, um, in future football seasons. But, yeah, I had a uh, personal podcast and, like, website called The Patrick Party, and I covered Auburn football and men's basketball for several years, so. A lot of fun. Just wrap that up. The like, literally, just wrap that up. So, um, <laughs> gotcha. But yeah. All right. Well, as y'all can see, fans. I mean, Patrick knows what he's talking about. We'll see if he can beat out our last special guest. My guess is that he will, because right now our special guest standings number one. Uh, it's actually tied for Grayson Stokes and Aiden Treadwell. They're both two and four. 
uh, uh-huh. on the special guest picks. And then Connor Davis, boy, oh, boy, he had, he was 1-4-1. Uh, so, you know, 1-4-1, not the best record. And then – Well, we don't take soccer to- games. Yeah, yeah. We, never again, never again. Uh, but now let's get to me, Taylor, and Reese's standings. Uh, for all time, it's actually going to stay the same because we all went 3-3 three and three, uh, last time doing prize picks. And so Taylor's still in first at 63-50-1. and 50 and one. I'm at second at 62-51-1. and 51 and one. And then Reese is at 61-52-1 and 52 and one in third place. And so we're going to go and get started up here. Uh, and we're going to actually show uh, some love to college, uh, women's college basketball. Um, you know, uh, I had the joy, and Taylor and Reese had the joy of going to a couple games last week. Taylor actually shadowed a sports writer at one of them, which was really cool. But we're going to get to a big game, which is when we're uh, when this episode gets released, it's going to be tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, on ESPN2. It's number 16 Louisville, who's 19-3 and and 8-1 and in ACC play. They're going on the road to face number five NC State, who's nineteen and two and seven and two in ACC play. Um, both these teams are currently on winning streaks. Louisville's won three straight. NC State has won four straight. Um, you know this should be a great game. You know Louisville. Both of these are very storied programs in the women's college basketball realm. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been able to catch either of these teams play. I think I've seen a couple of clips of NC State because they're doing really good, top five. Um, but give me. I'm not gonna lie. I gotta go with uh, you know what? Give me Louisville. Give me Louisville on the road to upset. Um, you know, eight and one in S- ACC play. Actually, number one right now in the ACC. Give me Louisville, the Louisville Cardinals, to beat and upset the NC State Wolfpack on the road. Now, Patrick, who do you got in this game? Um, NC State's been pretty good at home this season per their website. I just Googled, not going to lie. They've won 14 straight at home, seven straight ACC games. I'll take the Wolfpack. All right, all right. Reese, who you got? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Wolfpack. Uh, if they've won 14 straight at home, I don't think I don't think they're losing against <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah, pretty good odds. All right, Taylor, who you got? Um, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, I think NC State is going to win this game. Like Patrick said, they've won 14 straight at home. Their last loss came at Miami, which Miami's a decent team. Just beat North Carolina. And this is actually a good game because if you look at the ACC standings, Louisville is actually in first at 8-1. and one. NC State's at 7-2. and two. So this game will decide the ACC of NCAA women's basketball. But give me the Wolfpack at home. They're too strong. Yeah, well, definitely going to be a must-watch, though, ESPN2 at 6 p.m. tonight. But now let's move to men's basketball, college men's basketball. And we're going to start off with college game day. Uh, What's going to be college game day this upcoming Saturday at 5 p.m. on ESPN? It's number 18, Baylor, who is coming into this week at 16-5. Obviously, they play Texas Tech at home on Tuesday, so they got to get through that. But then they go on the road. To number eight Kansas, who's eighteen and four coming into this week, they got uh, Kansas State on the road tonight. Actually, uh, we'll see if they get through that. But um, this game, you know, Kansas is a sixty-seven point nine percent favorite according to ESPN Analytics. They're coming off that big win against Houston, which we've talked about a lot uh, this game. But Baylor is coming off a big win against a team that beat Kansas, Iowa State. So I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a good one. Jacoby Walter. 
I'm not going to lie. If I'm an NBA team, I, I want him on my team next year. I'm not going to lie. He's one of the most uh, just overall well-rounded, not only freshmen, but players in college basketball right now. This Baylor offense, I mean, they are possibly the best in the country. 84 points a game. But give me Kansas at home. I think, you know, uh, Lawrence Fieldhouse is one of the, if not the best home crowd. You know, obviously you can argue the jungle for Auburn, you know, North Carolina, uh, Duke as well, you know, but give me Kansas at home. I think Kevin McCuller, Hunter Dickinson, uh, you know, Dewan Harris. I mean, that team is just full of stars. Give me the Jayhawks at home. The reason I have them at number three in my top 10. Patrick, who do you think is going to win between the Bears and the Jayhawks? Yeah, I mean, Kansas is coming off that big, big win at home. I, you know, t- admittedly turned the TV on expecting a fun second half, and I was like, oh, it's like that. Um, but I mean, Kansas is a title contending team. Of course they contend for the big 12 every season. I'll probably have to take them at home. I mean, it just feels like more than ever this college basketball season, having home court advantage is such a big deal. And we've seen Mm -hmm. that kind of throughout the sport. So I'll take the Jayhawks. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Jayhawks too. I think, uh, I think like Patrick said, I think home court advantage is really, Turn out well this season, especially like you know Auburn and then um, Duke teams like that. They've had the fair share of wins at home, so I'm gonna take Kansas at home. Taylor, you got? Yeah, I think this is really the offense of Baylor going against the defense of Kansas, two of the top programs in the country. But I'm gonna have to agree with y'all, Kansas. Likes to pass the rock around more. They get more assists per game. And I think that's just going to be too much for the Baylor defense. Baylor's defense is actually not very good, allowing 70 points a game. So give me the Kansas Jayhawks getting another big win and another ranked win to move on to this would be 20-4 and if they do beat Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, like we said, we talked about it throughout the podcast a lot in the weekend rundown. I mean, you know, college basketball has been mayhem this year. But one thing that's been consistent is teams are just not able to win on the road. We'll see if Baylor can break out of that slump, but this is going to be at 5 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN, also college game day, so you know Lawrence Fieldhouse is going to be rocking. But now we're going to move to another uh, college basketball game, and actually on the last episode of Tigers Den, this is a game that we previewed, except it was the other way around where it was Auburn at Alabama. This time it's Alabama at Auburn. Auburn's seeking revenge after losing to Alabama a couple of weeks ago. Alabama coming in ranked 24th in the nation, 16-6, and 8-1 and one in SEC play. Right now the solo number one team in SEC uh, versus Auburn, who's number 16, 18-4, really bounced back uh, this recent week after losing to Alabama and Mississippi State in consecutive road games. Uh, they're 7-2 in the SEC, and this game could possibly be one of those games that decides the SEC at the end of the year. Um, right now ESPN has Auburn as a 60% chance to win according to ESPN analytics. Uh, this game, you know, this Bama team, you talk about Baylor's offense being really good. This Bama's team's offense is on fire. I mean, they have scored 99, 85 and 109 in their last three games. I mean, they're averaging 90 points a game basically, uh, on here, what I'm looking at on ESPN. So, but you know, I picked Auburn last time. I was wrong. You know, Alabama won. But, you know, the jungle, like we said, you talk about home court advantages. 
I mean, I can't remember the last time Auburn lost at home. You know, it hasn't been this year, uh, probably sometime last year. But uh, give me the Tigers at home. Getting revenge against your rival is something that a lot of teams want to do. And it's hard to achieve. You know, it's hard to beat a team that, you know, beat you the first time around. But give me the Tigers to bounce back and beat the Tide at home. Uh, go Tigers. War Eagle. Patrick, who you got? Yeah, I I was at the game in Tuscaloosa, and I mean, it was kind of a recipe for disaster for Auburn. You don't, you never want to get down that big on the road, and Alabama's bread and butter is their long-range game, and they were just knocking down threes. Mark Sears, I mean, against Auburn, but I mean, even most recently against Georgia and other teams has just been such a dominant force. I mean, could be SEC Player of the Year, kind of that caliber season. So he's going to be a big key in this one. I mean, Alabama's what I heard going into that whole game, though, was how Auburn would be able to expose Alabama's weakness on defense. And Alabama actually played really well at home on defense. Granted, it helps when Auburn missed a bunch of shots, especially from deep. I think Auburn will be a lot more comfortable at home. They just seem to have that swagger um, when they're playing at home. And... I, I think that went at Ole Miss and just being able to kind of turn that tide, no pun intended, I mean, like in Tuscaloosa when they were able to take the lead back and they were able to actually win a game like that in Oxford this past Saturday. So I think they've they've got their mojo back. Um, Aiden Holloway started to kind of get out of the slump a little bit. So I'll take the Tigers at home by 10 or more. Yeah, I so say with... Uh... I say with uh, the Tigers being at home, and Neville Arena is obviously going to be sold out again. And I, I say that the Tigers just uh, absolutely dominate Alabama. I'm going to take Auburn by about, I'm going to say honestly 15, or 10 to 15, probably. I say. Uh-huh. Taylor, um, you got I think this is another matchup that's going to be the dominant Alabama offense versus the dominant. Auburn defense. Auburn's defense is only allowing 65.9 points per game. And like Patrick said, Alabama played good defense, but we also couldn't make a three-point shot. But now I think with Aiden Holloway coming off the bench, I think this rotation is just has more chemistry, is more is just better with Trey Donaldson starting instead. And Jani Broom's gonna have a game just like he did against Alabama the last time where he put up twenty plus. So give me the Auburn Tigers winning at home. Hopefully I'm praying that I can get a last-second ticket to this one. But the jungle's going to be there, Auburn's going to win, and they're going to move to 19-4. Yeah, right now, I mean, that's going to be – any ticket, it seems, is going to be high-priced uh, for this game. You know, the lowest ticket, according to Vivid Seats, is 195 That game is at 6 p.m. on Wednesday on ESPN2. I, for sure, will be watching, whether it's from the stands or from my couch. But now let's move to the NBA, and there's some there's two games that – Look pretty pretty promising to be really good games this upcoming week. And we're going to start off with a game that when this uh, episode gets released tomorrow, or technically Monday at 3.30 p.m., uh, this game is going to be taking place tonight at 9 p.m. on TNT. It's the Bucks at the Suns. Now, the Bucks, uh, you know, they've kind of struggled recently. They've lost three of their last five. Uh, and so have the Suns. They've also lost three of their last five. So, wow. But uh, the Bucks are coming in this game at 33-16, and 16, although they're only 12-11 and 11 when playing on the road. So we'll see how that plays out. The Suns are 29-21 and 21 overall, but they're also only 14-11 and 11 at home. So both teams playing uh, with not their strength. 
you know, but we'll see what happens in this game. The Suns are have a 69.6% chance to win this game, according to ESPN. Some key injuries to watch for this game. Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton are both listed as out. Uh, you know, that's a huge loss, if that's true. And then the Suns have no injured players coming to this game. Uh, with that on the table, I got to go with the Suns here, honestly. I mean, you know, these two teams are teams that are filled with star power. I mean, you know, the Bucks they got the Greek Creek and Dame Time. But the Suns, they got KD, they got Devin Booker, they got Bradley Beal. I mean, there's going to be – the stars are going to be out in this game. But give me the Suns. I mean, no injuries. That's huge, especially when you're playing at home. So give me the Suns. I think this game will be high scoring. I totally forgot to do uh, my score predictions for the last couple. So give me the Suns at home. Like I said, high scoring, I'm going to say 127 to like 115 over the Bucks. Patrick, who you got? Yeah, I mean, the Bucks. you know, they fired their coach. There's just a lot of external drama around the team. And, I mean, like even tonight, uh, they blew a pretty big lead in the fourth quarter and lost by 15. So it's just one of those things where like there's so much else going on, it's hard to really... I mean, there is a lot of talent, and they certainly could win. But I'll take uh, the Suns. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bucks here. Uh, the Bucks, you know, even though they did fire their coach, I still think they're a pretty good team with Giannis and Dame out there. And uh, I just I think the Bucks will win uh, pretty big. Taylor, who you got? Um, I'm gonna have to agree with Max and Patrick here with the departing of the Bucks head coach and Doc Rivers being hired, which I will say Doc Rivers was named the all-star coach for their division, which really surprised me and kind of seemed a little bit stupid to me. But this is a big game for um, that division. Um, I'm going to have to go to the Suns, though. Kevin Durant is going to absolutely ball out. Devin Booker, I think with those two injuries, everything going on around the Bucks. The Suns are going to get this win, and I'm a little bit biased because then hopefully in a year I'll get to watch Suns games in person. So give me the Phoenix Suns winning this one. Yeah, that game is at 9 p.m. tonight when y'all are listening to this on TNT. Should be a good one. And now another game that is on Wednesday and I'll definitely be watching is the Pelicans at the Clippers. The Pelicans, uh, obviously they have a game you know, tomorrow, actually, or technically tonight when y'all are listening to this, against the Raptors at home. I think they should handle business there, but we'll see. But coming into this week, the Pelicans are 28-21 and 14-11 and when playing on the road, while the Clippers are 33-15 and 19-4 and at home. So home court advantage definitely favors the Clippers in this game. The Clippers are 73.2% chance to win, according to ESPN. Um, some injuries for uh, the Pelicans. Larry Nance Jr., Zion, and Herb Jones – they're not listed as out, but they're listed as questionable. So I know it's three days probably out. Eight, eight is way onto the questionable list. Yeah, he he got diagnosed with diabetes. I don't know. I don't know how much longer he'll be able to play for it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, we're three days away from the game right now as we speak. So I mean, those you know injury statuses could definitely change. Uh, but the Pelicans, I mean, they've been kind of slipping recently. I mean, one two straight, but they lost three straight before that. While the Clippers, I mean, they've been click, clicking on all cylinders here. And, you know, y'all are going to think that I'm going to pick the Pelicans because it's very well documented that I'm a huge Pelicans fan. 
but I got to go with the Clippers here. I got I got to go with them. Thank the Lord. Zion's you know, a huge Pelicans player. Uh, the the Clippers uh, are actually. I'm gonna just admit it. They're my favorite to win the finals right here. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you pair Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Harden on one team. I mean, yes, none of them are really in their prime. Well, Kawhi, I feel like he's doing really well right now. But Paul George and James Harden, you know, they're still playing at a high level. And they're all healthy. And Russell That's, Westbrook. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, too. I mean, you know, that is huge. You know, having an experienced guy like that. Uh, the Clippers, the most important thing is that they stay healthy. That's been their problem when it comes to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But give me the Clippers in this game to win at home. And I... I hate to say it, but I think they win big. I think it's like 128 to 101. So, uh, Patrick, who you got? Yeah, I'll go with the Clippers as well. They've won three straight. They're 19-4 and four at home this season. Just a game back from first place in the Western Conference. And especially with all those injuries with the Pelicans, it's just hard to pick against the Clippers. I'm going to go with the Clippers, too. I think that the uh, the Pelicans, you know, like like Patrick said, they've had a lot of injuries this season, so I think uh, I think the Clippers win pretty big. Yeah, I think with um, the three people being questionable for the Pelicans, especially Zion, their leading scorer um, in points per game, I think that the Clippers, this is the year, uh, the super team that they've been trying to build with four past their prime superstars, I think this is the year that they could win the whole thing. And they're with... Zubak at center and everything going on around, it just makes sense for them to win this game. The rotation is super good with Westbrook coming off the bench. Give me the Clippers big, and I think the only reason we're picking this game is because Max is a Pelicans fan. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, if if that were the case, I would definitely pick the Pelicans to win. But you know, yeah, it's a very big game. You know, it it is a big game because I'll say just real quick tangent right here. The way the West is shaping up, I mean, it feels like the top four spots are a lock. I mean, the fourth-place team is basically six games ahead of the fifth-place team. But, you know, the Pelicans, this is a huge game for them because if they win this game, they could possibly uh, climb up back into that fifth spot. Right now they're sitting at seven. But anyways, now we're going to move into the game. The final pick of today, and uh, surprise, it's going to be, you know, Valparaiso versus Grand Canyon. Uh, just kidding. It's going to be 49ers. Versus the Chiefs, the Super Super Bowl, uh, you know, yeah, it's obvious. It's the biggest. Really game wanted Valparaiso versus Grand Canyon, but so yeah, I mean, sorry, hate to break it to y'all. Uh, Grand Canyon's gonna probably win that, you know, like they do every game. But uh, you know, 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, usually the biggest game every year, but maybe not this year. As Taylor said earlier, he thinks it might be one of the least viewed of all time. We'll see. Um, but coming to this game, we already mentioned earlier, the 49ers are one and a half point favorites. Uh, they're also favored according to ESPN analytics, 59.4%. Uh, also the chiefs have some injuries coming into this game. Jarek McKinnon, uh, and Sky Moore are on IR. Uh, Joe Thune is questionable. And then also Charles Omenahu, uh, towards ACL against the Ravens. So he is out hundred percent. This game being played in Allegiant stadium, the new, uh, Raider stadium, very nice stadium. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this game, it, it all comes down to this. You know, a lot of people wanted this to be Ravens-Lions or at least Lions-Chiefs, you know, but it's the we get the 49ers versus the Chiefs. And, you know, I really want the 49ers to win, 
you know, and you they always say never bet against Mahomes. I mean, you know, especially in the Super Bowl. I mean, and Taylor Swift, the refs, it seems, you know, just conspiracy, but, you know, seems pretty obvious they're on the Chiefs' side. Not conspiracy. But I'm going to I'm gonna go with the 49ers. Bang, bang, 49er gang. Brock Purdy is going to come in. This is already a legacy game for him in his second year in the NFL. I mean, everybody's saying, oh, he's a game manager this. Oh, he's a game manager that. They already extended his contract. So his organization, organization believes in him. And more importantly, he believes in himself. Give me the 49ers to beat the Chiefs in a shootout 34-31 in the Super Bowl off of a game-winning touchdown. Uh, on the final drive by none other than Brock Purdy to Brandon Ayuk. And now, Patrick, who do you got winning the biggest game of the year? Well, um, I I don't know if y'all saw this. I might have been recording it as part of this, but um, there's a girlfriend for a certain Chiefs player who just announced she has a new album coming out. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more, more drama around uh, this game for every other reason but football. Um, I'll say this: I the Chiefs all season have had the whole they can't catch, they don't have receivers, but they found ways all season long to make it work, and they found themselves in another Super Bowl. And what the 49ers have done is great, but it's hard for me to uh, pick against a quarterback named Patrick. So I'll go hmm. with the Chiefs. Reese, yeah. Um, you know, honestly. I want to pick the 49ers, but, you know, I just know I just know it's all scripted. So, the Chiefs. Chiefs Reese has given up. I'm, I've given up since the start of the playoffs. All I'm going to say for my pick is I can't wait for MLB season to come because. Real. Yep, at least that's not NFL, scripted. Um, I mean, it, it kind of is scripted with the Dodgers, but that's for. I don't care. Game. Dodgers don't. Dodgers really didn't win a but championship. The fact that. Like Mac said earlier, the 49ers opened up as a four-point favorite. Now it's only one-and-a-half-point favorite. The NFL, the betters know not to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and I want to pick the 49ers, but we're going to be watching this one somewhere all together, and we're going to see the Chiefs hoist up their, thir- I believe, this is their third Super Bowl in the past four or five years. So yeah, mm-hmm. give me the Chiefs winning this one. Patrick Mahomes gets his third ring. And Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift on the field, <laughs> breaks the internet completely, and the NFL gets what they want. Yeah. Please know, I mean, once again, you know, uh, get some money, possibly. I mean, plus 250 on FanDuel. Does Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? But that game is on 5.30 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday on CBS. But, you know, that's going to do it. Uh, we're – you know, th- thank you, Patrick, Ma- or not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> thank, you, Patrick. thank you, Patrick Bingham, for coming on to the show. Uh, great to have you. Thank you no to all the fans for, you know, listening week in and week out. Once again, follow us on our new Instagram account at uh, the Tigers Den official. No caps, no spaces. Thank you all. Uh, thank you, Patrick, for coming on the show. Um, it was a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you all. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central. Also be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Callers, where we interview a coach from Auburn High School football. Be sure to check out those episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.